The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk some USC football. It's National Signing Day week, or whatever you want to call it, the early signing day, early signing period. It's this week, starting Wednesday, December 18th. We're going to talk a little recruiting, talk about the bowl game, USC playing Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. we got Coach Harvey Hyde on the line. He'll be discussing everything that you guys want to talk about here with uscfootball.com. Of course, we talk about USC football. That's what we do here. So we'll do that. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, harveyhyde.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. Or if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424-254-9141 is the number. Let's welcome in the coach, Harvey Hyde. How are you, coach? Ryan, I'm doing great. And before we get started, happy holidays out there. And I always say huddle up and buckle up and ride along with us part of the way or all of the way. We just want to make sure you get there safely and make sure uh, you do. And here we are now. We're going bowling, 40 bowl games. Of course, the Trojans in San Diego. How many of you are going? Let's talk about it. Yeah, we want to know. Uh, there's some There's some fans that don't want to go. There's some fans that want to go. So it's a little bit mixed. We'll... Uh, We'll hear from some of the fans that some are upset of what's going on, and there's others that are you know excited to, for the game. Of course, signing day is a few days away. We did a really long Tunnel Vision show last night, which is our live show on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope, and we had Gerard Martinez on for almost two hours. That is up in podcast form right on this, wherever you're getting this feed. You can listen to that if you want to hear a lot of in-depth talk about this USC recruiting class. Uh, last I checked, it was number 80 in the country, certainly outside the norm of where USC normally uh, falls as far as recruiting goes. But there's some big names on the board. We'll see how how strong USC can close on that. And uh, one of the things to start off with, Coach, we can get your thoughts on the early signing period. Our friend Curtis from Marino Valley, he sent in a pretty long voicemail, not happy with me, uh, talking about one of his takes was, and Coach, we'll get your thoughts on this. He said, uh, if USC retains Clay Helton, he said something along the lines of, everyone's going to sign. Everyone's going to be lining up to sign. Everyone's going to be excited. And I said that was not a, uh, I, I might've said drunk. <laughs> That's not really the the case. Uh, maybe I was a little snarky, a little mean. Sorry, Curtis, for that. Um, we talked about it a little bit last night on the show. He called in and there's been stories like Shotgun and uh, Greg Biggins have wrote about if Clayton's retained, it's going to help recruiting. 
And I and Curtis, I agree with there. I think it's going to help recruiting. What you said was, if they bring Black Clay Helton, everyone's going to be lining up the side. That is definitely not the case. Um, but it will. It helps. They needed some kind of stability, some kind of direction. And waiting for 11 days after the final game, I don't think really helped. Um, you know, the recruiting class bringing Clay back. Uh, we'll see, you know, how signing day goes, but you needed to know something. So maybe get your thoughts on that, coach. The kind of instability and not knowing if Clay Helton was going to be back or not, how that impacted recruiting. Well, Curtis, I wish that was true, but obviously it hadn't shown that. And I think you have to go by the indication of what's happened since they did announce that. Um, there seems to be a, uh, a non-connection with the local kids and other kids in the country as far as wanting to be a part of currently the Trojan football program. And I hope that definitely happens. I hope they do close strong. But all indications today is Monday and Wednesday is early signing period, and that's where normally most of the top players sign. There hasn't been any indication that I could agree with you or be positive on that. I certainly hope it does happen for all the Trojan fans. But I tell you, uh, if a lot of these kids that are indicating they're going to go away, if there had been a coaching change, and let's say there had been, and let's say possibly it was Urban Meyer. Now, I just want to ask you this question, Curtis, and other people out there. Bryce Young uh, is all set to go. Other players are all set to go. If Urban Meyer was named, had been named, the head football coach at USC, and he placed a call to Bryce Young's home, and they said, who's calling? And they said, Urban Meyer. I would think that Bryce might take that call. Yeah. Just to see what is he need. He's calling me. It's an honor, first of all, to play for the man. And to just hear what he would have to say. Now, I'm not sure that would be the case currently on what the situation is now. Now, that's just a, my thought. And I'm just saying that if I was Bryce Young or Bryce Young's parents, I would say, let's just see what he has to say. Let's go up and talk to him. If nothing else, I just want to meet the guy, okay? I want to take a picture with him. And I think that's the interest you need to really get or make a mark again on recruiting at USC. You know, rec you know, USC recruits itself. Let's just be honest with you. And every year when you put off that remembrance of the tradition of USC Trojan football, the young kids today forget it. So you've got to try to bring it back as soon as you can. I think that's the best way that I can answer that question. Yeah, no, that makes sense, coach. And, uh, Curtis, for as you know, I, I think they needed someone. They needed they needed some stability there. They should have named Clay Hel if Clay Hel was coming back. You should have named said that right after the UCLA game. That would have helped recruiting. It wouldn't have brought in everybody like you were saying. But what Coach says is it makes a lot more. I mean, I, mean, I believe that's true too. If you fired Clay Helton and hired Urban Meyer, then you're talking about getting everybody. That's where I would agree with your take. If you brought in Urban Meyer, you're going to get whoever you want, and uh, it would be a huge coup for USC. Um, he also sent in a quote, Coach. He said, uh, hey, Coach, I just saw a quote from Coach Buddy Ryan, and the quote is, if a coach starts listening to fans, he will soon be sitting with them. What do you think about that one? Well, I would think that's pretty true. Yeah. Uh, because the fans are who uh, support you, and uh, they can boo you every game if they get on your case a little bit, and I tell you, it's not fun, okay? And I hate it when they boo you possibly as a coach, or they fly a sign around the Coliseum that says fire Clay Helton, because really 
the kids. You're hurting the kids when people see that. I, I just think that's not right to do. Boo or do those type of stunts as far as signage and all those different things because it's it's not in the right spirit, okay? So uh, that's my thought on that, and uh, uh, I don't know. Did I answer that good enough sure, or should no. I continue? No, no, I agree. I, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. I, I, it's the administration. I want in this case, it's not really the coach. It's more about the administration. Should the administration have listened to the fans when they didn't want Clay Helton to return? It, you know, and I think in this case, you probably should have listened. To the fans, but I don't know what do you, I think that's more applicable applicable in this one, where it's the administration that isn't listening to the fans, not the coach. You're exactly right. I, I don't blame Coach Clay Helton for being the head football coach no. at USC. That's a dream come true. Heck, and I, I'm glad he's able to continue. His, he's living a dream. But, boy, what a bad dream it is currently right now because, you know, we can talk about it later. I hope somebody asks a question about why the practices are closed and so on. But it's not fun right now for the, the USC football coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Sergeant uh, Rodney Strong in Fort Lewis, Washington, said, uh, so I'm hearing USC got a week late start in bowl preparation. Is that true? You would figure when you were on the hottest seat for your job, when you're getting media and fan backlash, you'd want to come out guns blazing and would want to come out and restore the hope in the football program. We're responsible for crippling uh, football program. We're responsible for the crippling of it. Uh, I have a feeling with all the negativity that surrounds USC football right now, if we lose a bowl game bad to Iowa, Clay could be gone. Maybe it's wishful thinking. <laughs> Um, Sergeant Strong. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, Sergeant Strong. But uh, as far as the bull prep goes, I'll give my thoughts real quick and get coaches' thoughts. Um, it's because of the early signing period, I get it. I mean, Iowa definitely practiced more early on. and But the rest of the Pac-12 is sort of following the, the people I talk to, for the most part, seem to be following the USC model. Now, could USC have done more the week after, you know, they had a bye week? They, yeah, I think they could have practiced that week and in the, in the, the week after that a little bit. They did not. Um, and they just started on Friday, but it's tough with the early signing period. Cause you're also, you got to, you know, try to sign this recruiting class too. I think it makes bowl preparation more difficult, um, for sure. But do I feel like USC left some practice, potential practices on the table? I, I, I kind of do, but what are your thoughts, coach? Well, definitely. First of all, I don't like the early signing period anyway. I think it's too much of a rush, too much is going on for the student athlete. Heck, heck, a lot of the high school kids just finished playing a game this past weekend. Yeah. And now they got announced where they're going on Wednesday. Let them digest everything. Let them enjoy their championship. Let them have a holiday season and so on and and wait till February the 4th and, and then make your decision. I mean, I don't understand this early signing thing at all. Not at all. Why they'd want to do it. I don't think the coaches like it. I don't know who likes it preparing for a bowl game, trying to recruit, trying to close. Too many distractions. It's hard enough to win today, but to have all these distractions, it even makes it harder. So, you know, I agree. But to waste a practice day, I never wasted a practice day. Even if I allowed most of my coaches or some of my coaches to go on the road, I kept my coordinators at home. We ran team. We did uh, formation recognition. We did timing. We did techniques. We did things that maintained our timing, also our conditioning, our teamwork, being together, and all the different things. Wasting a day of practice is like, you know, not eating for a day or a week. I mean, you got to feed your mind, your body. you got to prepare. you got to be together. 
And I don't understand, as you said, other teams are doing this. Well, I don't understand that either. But to waste time and uh, where you can prepare for a game, you know, every game is a big game. I mean, uh, this game at, at the Holiday Bowl, I would say, would be key for USC. And they're an underdog by three points, three and a half points. They're the only Pac-12 team that's an underdog of all seven teams that are in the bowl games. So I would think that, you know, it's very important for the Pac-12 to win the majority of their bowl games to get some type of respectability back. And uh, I would be preparing for that hard and knowing that I would probably have a better chance of recruiting in February if we win that game. What would it be like in February if we lose that game? I might not get anybody. Yeah. So they look forward to the Alabama game. So, man, I would make that a huge, huge uh, effort as far as beating Iowa from the Big Ten. Yeah, I think this is uh, really important for Clay Helton, for sure, uh, Sergeant Strong. He also wrote in, um, do you guys know that the number of people that canceled membership, season tickets, and everything from Mike Bone announcing Clay Helton's return? And you guys get the sense that the fans' protest is starting to take its toll on the coaches in the athletic department or in the athletic director? Uh, my thing is, do we really think that this was going to be okay, that everything was going to jump, everyone was going to jump for joy on Clay Helton's return? Anyway, thanks, you guys. Uh, and fight on from Sergeant Strong. And I put something in the war room, Coach. I mean, we just – I had a bunch of people email me, like people around the peristyle, like, hey, if you were – I'm not saying you should do one way or the other, but if you were going to cancel, you know, your uh, athletic memberships and things like that, your your tickets, just email me and give me some details. And I got about 50 email, 50 people say that they were in about a six-hour period. And it added up to about a half a million dollars for for next year. So that's just from a you know message board post. It seems like that's real. Now, does everyone actually go through with it, or at the end of the day, they're like, "No, I'm just gonna uh, keep my you know keep my memberships or anything like that." Hard to say. But and I don't know if it's taking its toll. I mean, we're not seeing these guys tweet very much anymore because there's a lot of uh, venom coming at them from fans. So I, it's it has to be having some kind of effect. I don't know if, how much it's going to affect the bottom line. I would think somewhat significantly, but I'm not sure. What do you think, Coach? Well, definitely it is. And uh, let's take a look at the whole picture and what that does to USC Trojan football, okay? First of all, kids today read everything. Kids today are so much aware of social media and what people are saying. They read the same boards that everybody else reads. That doesn't help you in recruiting. That doesn't help you as far as having pride, as far as being a Trojan. That doesn't help you prepare for a bowl game. You think that everybody is down on the entire program and and uh, portal as far as people wanting to transfer and all the different things that happen from that. It doesn't help. It's not right for the kids. It's not right for anything. You don't have to brag about, I'm canceling, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. You know, words are cheap, action is strong. Do what you got to do, but you don't have to advertise it to put down people at the same time. Now, sometimes you'll say, oh, coach, you do it. Well, Coach, what I, what I do, guys, is I just try to give you my opinion on things you ask me. But I have never indicated for people to cancel their tickets. I have never indicated not to go to a football game. Yeah. I have never indicated to do any of those type of things whatsoever. So you do what you have to do and do it your way. But I would stop and think about things, and I wouldn't do things emotionally. I would do things in a good, thoughtful way to decide what's best for you, your family, your pocketbook and your traditional school or university you support, then do it one way or another. So I'm just giving you a little word of advice there as far as a coach. And uh, so many of you have been Trojan fans for so long. Let's let's just 
don't fly off the coop here. Let's just think about it for a while and do what you have to do, though. I'm not telling yeah. you not to do it. It's your money, your free time. This is this is something that should bring you joy. I would, never would tell fans, you should support this team or you shouldn't. It's like, that's up to you. I mean, you're a fan. You do what you want to do. That's, that's your right. So, um, yeah, thanks for those, Rodney. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, do some more questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Let's go to a voicemail. Coach, here you go. Hey, guys. Larry from Valley Village. I love what you do. Fight on. Um, Quick question. I am so disgusted and so angry by the boneheaded I, I went there uh, to retain Clay Helton, but I just want to divest myself uh, of all my USC participation. But on the other hand, I still want to support the team. So I'm really finding it difficult. I don't know, do I go to the Holiday Bowl? Do I go to the games? Do I not? So I was wondering if you can help me out. Uh, how do I express my anger and disappointment and still support the team? Thanks, guys. Again, fight on. Well, my, myself is, we just talked about a little bit. Hey, you do what makes you happy, okay? You do what you normally do that makes you happy and relax and enjoy college football. Because you're going to miss it once that bowl game's done. You're going to be looking forward to spring practice, recruiting, everything else. So don't do what everybody else is going to do or say they're going to do. You do what's best for you and support your university or support your team. Don't let people change your mind or your loyalty. You do what your gut feeling tells you to do. If you want to go down to San Diego and enjoy a couple of days and go to a great football game, enjoy the Big Ten and all the colors, you know, they'll bring that black Hawkeye out here and all those people be fired up to beat the Trojans and so on. Well, it's a great feeling coming up to 405 freeway after you win a bowl game. And then again, you'll have a chance to experience in person a bowl game against the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and I think that's a great experience. And then you can come home and do what you have to do. But don't not go to it because you're just trying to prove a point. Because it doesn't prove any points, believe me. They've got to guarantee the tickets anyway. When the university signs an agreement to go to a certain bowl game, they give them 15000 20000 in the case of the Rose Bowl, 30000 tickets that they're responsible for. When you accept that bowl game, you've got to buy those tickets whether the people buy them from you or not. So the university will be short on that. And how does that help the program? I mean, really, how does that help the budget? How does it help them get better? You know, no matter if Coach Clay Helton is there or the next coach is there. Why make it a deficit? Uh, So I'm just telling you, all of you out there, don't do what people say they're going to do. Do what you want to do. And if you want to go down and watch a great football game and you've done it for years and travel with the Trojans, do it. If you're not in the mood or you don't feel like doing it or you want to protest, say, in a way, don't do it. But do what you feel good about so after the game, you don't say, I wish I'd have gone. Yeah. They played great. 
Okay. Yeah, if it's really going to upset you to not see the game, but you wanted to do your kind of protest, I mean, there's other things you could do. and You could write letters or emails or make some phone calls and stuff. But, yeah, you don't want to take away joy. There's just only so many football games in a year. There's going to be 13 of them this year for USC. And if it's something you really like doing, I would suggest you still go. But that's like like Coach said, that's up to you. Um, we got a, let's see, this is a loyal SC fan of Pasadena called Hatchet Job. Uh, well, you people have finally done it. You battered Coach Helton and the admin to the point where a wreath was sent to the athletic director. I blame all this on you idiots instead of helping get through this coming year with some type of positive spin. All that is said is how, I'm going to say crappy everything is. All of you football experts, uh, but I would be wrong in saying none of you would be asked to host the 6 o'clock sports news. I'm tired of listening to you and Poor Coach Hyde, he has to take questions that are repetitive and explain football from his point of view without offending the caller. How about getting off the negative train and help the football staff? I question your loyalty to the university. So far, you have brought the university down. You should all be fired. Go sell oranges off the ramp. Ray, a loyal SC fan of Pasadena. Hey, Ray, thanks. Uh, Real quick. Our job is not to support the football team. Our job is to cover the football team. We are our... You guys are our constituents. You are the people that are our customers. We are trying to tell you not everything that's positive, everything that's going on. We want to be that our job is to be objective and tell you how we we think things are going. If USC makes bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and we kept telling you these are all great decisions, then you would stop listening because you're like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. So sorry you feel that way, Ray, but we're not here to we're not here to support the football. We're not helping the football staff. That's not our job. Our job is to tell you about what's going on with the football team. Well, you know, it's uh, something that when you ask me a question, I try to answer it honestly. I don't want to be a homer, but I want to, you know, if you see the same game I see, okay, if you're uh, looking at recruiting the same way I look at recruiting, okay, it's just an opinion. Now, that reef or whatever was sent there, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. You know, that's just something that, that shouldn't be done. I mean, why would you do that? I mean, I don't even know how people found out about it. If I'd have been there in the office, I'd have run downstairs, taken it, thrown it away or whatever. Somehow someone saw it, I guess. And today with social media, everything gets out. But again, how does that help the program? How does it help things get better in recruiting? How does it help things in support the university? It doesn't help anything. And because you do those type of things, they're not going to make a change because of that. Uh, the administration has made a decision, whatever they made that decision on or whatever their basis on that. And I've heard so many different reasons, man, you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. They make their decision and it's done. So I'm not for that. And another thing too, and I don't know if you have an email on this, tell me if you do, Ryan, and I won't answer it. But has anybody sent any questions in or anything regarding the practices and why they're practicing that way? I'd like to answer that. Yeah, we, you know, we don't have a, a question about that. Real quick, though, um, yeah, I I don't think, Ray, you can blame us for someone sending a funeral wreath. I, I mean, that, that's a, those are upset fans. If people flew the banners last year because they're upset, we don't make them upset. You know, we're going to – we're not inciting riots over here. Um, the fans are upset. They'd be upset with us or without us. That's just the way it is. Someone sent in a, like, RIP USC football funeral wreath to, the, to Heritage Hall – 
And I don't know if some intern or something didn't realize what it was and they displayed it. And then someone took a picture of it. It went on social media. It became this big thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you on that, but no coach. Um, yeah, that's certainly not on us. Uh, we never said to anyone to do that, but coach, yeah, get your thoughts on the, the practice stuff too. We don't have a, any more questions on that. Well, you know, I do want to mention this too. You know, uh, you've heard me, if you're a regular listener, talk about the loose ends there at USC as far as social media. Hey, I hope Mr. Bone cleans that up. There are things that come out that are unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know how many people see these things. I think it's ridiculous for a university like USC. And it's the players and it's the department, people in certain areas that are sending out things that, hey, just aren't right. I'd stop that so fast you wouldn't believe it. I would tell somebody the next time I see one of them, if you're a full-time employee, you're gone. You're absolutely gone. You've got to have more control of what comes out of the athletic department regarding all sports. And uh, I don't know how many of you see a lot of this stuff. You might think it's funny or so on, but I don't think it's funny. I think it hurts the university and the entire football program with some of these things that we see. So I'm just throwing that two cents worth in. And then when you talk about practicing, uh, I can understand why they're having closed practices. Now, I don't go to the practices now, so I don't report anything on the practices. All I do is listen to uh, what's going on and also answer your questions and form my own opinions. Now, probably if I was a head football coach with all the controversy that's going on and so on, I would tell my team, and I hope he's telling his team this, I told you the importance of the game earlier. We're going to focus on what we have to do. We're not going to get any distractions from the outside. Uh, we're going to do what we have to do in practice. If we want to scrimmage or hit hard, we're going to do that. We're not, got, we're not going to have people... Uh, tell us their opinion, because we don't care what their opinion is. We're going to do what we have to do to best win this football game, and we're going to stay away from interviews. We're going to do the certain things. Uh, if they don't want to publicize us in the newspaper, that's fine. But we're going to go down there, and we're going to have only three days or whatever it is, four days of interviews. And we're going to get it done, because right now we got to worry about this football game. Whatever we say, whatever we interview about, and whatever – they think of me or us or who's going to be here, or who's not going to be here. doesn't make any difference. We all ride down in the same buses. We all play the same game. We all come home. We all pray together. We eat together. We stay together. And we're all going to get that W or an L together. Then they're going to write about it, okay? Then we'll have our press conferences at that time. So this is what I would be saying, and this is what I hope reason he did that as far as the close practice and so on to get the distractions away from the team, to make them a little bit more comfortable, to go out there and not worry about what someone else thinks and uh, have a little bit of fun, but yet work your tail off. Yeah. I think and, the, uh, the big issue there, coach, is though they need some positive, they need something positive to be reported because everything's been negative. If you open things well, up, what, you, what positive things are you going to report? Well, you talk to Keaton Slovis, who had an amazing year. Or you talk to, you know, Michael Pittman, who's coming, you know, could be a high NFL draft pick. And I mean, I think there's a lot of positive stories that come out and now you can't, they can't be told because the practices are closed. So I think there's why, two why sides. Can't to you, that. Why can't you still tell those stories? Because we I can't mean, talk to the players. We can't talk to them. We can't interview. We haven't talked to anybody since after the UCLA game. So I, I think that's an issue. Um, you know, there, there's less for the media to report on when you're, there's no one available to talk to. So uh, I think there's two sides of that. Well, there is as far as your side of it. So I'm as a football coach. I'm talking as far as a football coach. Okay? Yeah. I, I don't want to put my players in any type of negative situation. Uh, I would say, okay, you can interview those players that are senior type of players who are my captains and leaders. 
And I would say these, these are the areas of what we'll discuss. And I would tell my captains, too, that if a question was answered that we didn't want to answer, I'd say, move on, next question, please. I don't want to talk about our opponent unless it's something complimentary. And uh, I'd have a time limit on the entire thing with each kid. Because it's really important to focus, and you can still talk about people without interviewing them. You can still talk about their future. You can still talk about without asking them, are you coming out or not coming out, or these different things. Right now, that's not important. Right now, what's really important is practicing being together and winning a football game. Now, this is just my opinion as far as the coach looking at it. Okay, Ryan? Yeah. At your side, as far as the media and what you report to all of your people on your website and so on, that's important to a lot of people and you guys. But, you know, that's not important to me. What's important to me as a football coach is to win football games, recruit great players, graduate them, make it a great experience for them, and hope that they will someday recruit additional players to our program. That's that's what I care as as far as a football coach. All right. We got a few more for you, Coach. Two more emails and one voicemail. Uh, so we got first one says, fight on. For me, it's not about the losses for Clay Helton as much as it is about the wasted timeouts, the lack of improvement in limiting penalties, the acceptance of mediocrity, and the promise of changes that never come. I don't think that he understands this is that it's difficult to accomplish great things in life without paying attention to the small things and fighting on every day. Michael Pittman seems to understand fighting on, and I'm pleased that he will continue doing so at the Holiday Bowl. It seems like the USC president, athletic director, and coach are more attuned to meander on. Uh, meandering on only gets you where you want to go if you're lucky. USC's history and present-day players like Michael Pittman, Talanoa Funga, Keaton Slovis, and others on the team deserve a supporting cast who understands, quote, fight on. In the Marine Corps, we fight on every day. It is what is expected. It's no longer expected at USC by too many people in high places. A sad fan in Texas. Well, a sad fan in Texas, I, I agree with everything you just said, okay? I agree that uh, what's expected and what who USC is is really not what former players believe it what should be saying is as far as after a football game and you may even win the game or lose the game but you start your press conference by saying how well we played and how, how hard the kids played and and all of the positive things without any type of saying something that maybe is not right even if you lost a football game you know and you, you didn't play hard or you didn't do things right like special teams or whatever you can't do that you can't mislead people if you ever listen to Nick Saban after a big win or a loss or whatever, the first thing he says is, you know, we're going to work real hard next week in our special teams. I mean, that wasn't really good at all. We did this, we did that. We did ways to get better, not how well we did in, in some of the areas and we barely won a football game. I don't think past players either respect that. Past players respect, you know, lining up and really winning and doing the things and, and admitting that we're not playing up to the level. And I don't think the past players have a relationship with the players of today where they can talk to these players and tell them what's expect expected. In the old days, the players would let the players know that they're not playing up to their level and they better get after it. They're not playing at this type of level of a Trojan. That seems to have gone away. I agree with what you're saying. And you can't just be happy when winning when you don't look very good. Or you have bad quarters or 
You're not a complete offense or complete defense, or you give up 500 yards, but you won. Hey, it's not a great win. You've got a lot of holes, a lot of things you've got to improve in. You're not going to win national championship tennis. And right now, a big deal is playing for the Pac-12 South Championship. Now, when was that something that the past Trojan football tradition played for? Yeah. It's not. And this is what people are seeing, and this is why people are critical as far as the approach of this program, as far as mediocrity or excellence. Yeah. Uh, let's go to voicemail. We got one more of those and then one more email for you, Coach. Here you go. Yeah, this is Paul from Central Virginia. Uh, I've listened to about every podcast you've had over the last couple of weeks, and there's one uh, uh, issue that I haven't heard discussed, and that is we keep talking about getting rid of Pendergast and Baxter, but there's never any mention of Drevno. I know that he is a recruiter, and I know that this year is a critical time for us to get offensive linemen, but as I look at the offense, the one criticism of the offense is that uh, our offensive line looks like a sieve and can't protect quarterback, causes force play, uh, the failure of our run game to be what it should be. All of that's related to Drevno. What's your opinion on uh, Drevno and whether he needs to be replaced? Thank you. What was my opinion on what? What was the last sentence? So uh, for Tim Drevno, do you feel like – so there's a lot of – people are wanting a change at defensive coordinator. They're wanting a change uh, with special teams and John Baxter. But do you feel Tim Drevno is doing a good job? Well, let me put it to you this way. <clears throat> I think USC has great players. You've heard me talk about that all the time. But I'm not sure these players are playing up to their expectation of who they are. They're not getting better. They're not. When's the last time they really had a first-round draft choice? What are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They're all four and five star. They're all except for last year the top five classes in America. Why? Why aren't these kids developing? Why aren't these kids becoming first-round players? Why? Well, there's got to be some type of teaching that goes on when a student is admitted into a class or a university and he's a four-point student. He's supposed to get A's in every class and get better and go to graduate school. Well, you know, graduate school is the NFL for a lot of student-athletes in football at USC. Well, there's a reason for that. What is that reason? I'm not sure, but they're not getting better. So you got to look and see the reasons for that, and you got to find out if these guys are all four- and five-star players and everybody thinks they are, and they think they are, then what's the problem? What's going on? Why does everybody in the Pac-12 think they still have the best roster in the Pac-12? Well, because they've recruited well and because they're really not uh, performing up, so there's a lot of discussion about that. So the first thing you point to is the coaching. What's happening with the coaching? Uh, there's got to be something wrong with the teacher rather than the student. So obviously people are starting to talk about this, and you know, sometimes you do need to make a change. Sometimes even the head coach, sometimes even the assistant coaches, they're too long. And sometimes players become complacent, and sometimes coaches become complacent. And they're, they're not on their uh, high edge of what they need to do to be successful. So, yeah, I think there's times that you have to make a change. I made changes on my coaching staff for little reasons than that, whether it's recruiting or uh, not doing the right things properly or not wearing the right, uni right uniform or doing things that aren't part of the 
tradition of our program or what we expect. So you got to all be on the same page. And right now, I don't know if everybody's on the same page. And sometimes you have to make changes in that in that playbook to make something work better. So I'm not advocating a coaching change, but I certainly am advocating some changes. And most of it is just getting better and getting done what you have to do with these great players. Why aren't they playing better? Yeah, eight and four is good, but not good enough at USC. Yeah. And we saw, uh, you know, uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame make a change at offensive coordinator. Um, and he just made a change a couple of years ago. And, that, you know, he's, he's like, hey, it's it's not – he had a pretty interesting quote where he talked about it's not easy uh, to do these things. He's like, when he when he fired a bunch of people in the last purge, like, those were people that were in his wedding, you know, that stood up for him in his wedding that he had to fire. So um, I think that's just the nature of the game. Clay seems to be a little more reluctant to do that. So we'll see. I don't think changes are going to come until after the bowl game. So we'll see what he's able to do. But I, I feel some changes, like Coach said, need to be made. Uh, what will he do? Uh, we'll have to see. Last one, we got Alice from Glendale. She's class of 1980, uh, 1987. Uh, hey, Peristyle team. Don't know if you've addressed this already, the new president, to fire Lynn Swan so quickly. The presidential act alone sure faked me out and made me believe that she was a steamroller, ready to flatten out the coaching staff next. I sure wish the athletic director would have come out and said that USC is focused on the repair of the school image and all the scandals and wants Helton at the helm to lead with integrity to the Pac-12 championship every year, and that's our goal. Until the rest gets straightened out, the real championship is not a realistic goal. I actually think I could respect that and begrudgingly support that, but like a national championship happening soon, it's just a dream. Uh, I'd like your thoughts, even if you don't read this on the show. Thanks for the best sports podcast around that even my Bruin husband enjoys listening to, Alice and Glendale. Thanks, Alice. Uh, what do you think, Coach? Yeah, it was a little surprising when you get rid of Lin Swan that quickly, you feel, feel like, okay, big, big changes are coming. And then they didn't come. No, you're exactly right. I was with Lynn this weekend at an event, and uh, uh, I say the same thing. Uh, what has Mike Bone done differently? What What has he changed? I mean, he's talking about working with Clay Helton and uh, making the football program better, and you've heard me say this before. Normally, you don't work with a football coach. You hire a football coach, and you let him do his thing. Now, one of the things that uh, I think that these type of head football coaches want, and I think I've mentioned this before, if not on my other shows, but a head football coach of Urban Meyer, Stature, uh, Chris Peterson, uh, uh, Bob Stoops, uh, these type of coaches, Nick Saban, they, they don't answer to the athlete director. They answer to the president. They don't want to be told you can't do this, you can't do that, because they've done it. They know what it takes. You're hiring me because of this reason. Now, of course, if there's an NCAA violation or something, put it in my contract, and that'll terminate me or whatever happens. And I think there's sometimes a blockage that an athletic director at times doesn't like that, and they want to go directly to the president. And sometimes the president is really intimidated by an Urban Meyer, intimidated because that person is more popular than she is. How many people know Urban Meyer's name and how many people really know the president's name? I don't know. I don't know how many people care. But they do care about Urban Meyer or Clay Helton or whatever. They're in the newspaper every single day. So I think that sometimes, unless you're a strong 
person or a strong president, you can't tell the athletic director that this coach is going to answer directly to me because we're hiring him for a reason. You assist him in reaching our goals that we have for this university, okay? Don't block him. Assist him. But I want him to feel as though my door is always open to him. We need to sit down and discuss things. Yeah. And I think that's what really discouraged uh, some things. And probably if there was some interviewing that was, I, I think she wanted to go that way. Because when you look at it, this question that was just asked, what is, what's different in the athletic department since Mike Bone was AD? Tell me what's different. There's nothing different. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. If you were just if you're going to keep Clay Helton, you probably could have kept Lynn Swan, I guess, right? I mean, I mean, maybe Lynn Swan would have more likely to fire Clay Helton. I don't know, but it's very it's it is strange. So thanks, Alice, for that. The way that all kind of uh, came down, but you know, it's USC athletic department. It's always strange. There's <laughs> no surprise to strange decisions and questionable decisions being made inside the uh, university. So. Uh, Coach, I know you got to run. Um, thanks for coming on. Great stuff. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Hey, guys. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you very much, too. And for all of you out there, have a safe holiday season. And uh, we'll do a podcast next week. Send in all your questions, answers, whatever you answer. Send in some answers. Yeah. If you feel like ripping on us, rip on us. Believe yeah. me. It's your, uh, you know, your feelings. If you don't agree, we don't have to agree with us. No. And we just love talking with you, okay? So take care, guys, out there and buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, everybody. Thanks to Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow me at Inside Troy. And thanks for tuning in. We love the questions. We love the comments, even the criticism. We don't mind that either. We put ourselves out there. So we are open to all of that. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.